Deep in the farthest recesses of the most distant jungle lies a city. A city populated by the most mysterious, terrifying, and downright grotesque denizens ever seen by mortal eye. Here, in the darkened corners of this cavernous locale, sits an ordinary, average brick building with an innocuous, ordinary, average, blinking neon sign which reads, On Air. It is here where each week, Seth Breedlove and Mark Matsky convene to discuss the greatest mysteries the world has ever known. Now, strap on your hiking boots, grab your trusty walking stick, and don't forget your machete as we begin our journey through Monsteropolis. I'm ready. I'm recording. This is Monsteropolis, a show about anomalies, legends, and monsters. I'm one of your hosts. My name is Seth Breedlove. This feels awkward after yeah. uh, two months of Heather. Yes. To, to be back to just you and I. It's just straight up testosterone. Yeah. Oh. Manly. Macho Fest 2021. Yep. <laughs> are, the comments are queuing up right now. They are. <laughs> Uh, self-absorbed urban fools edition of monster yeah old school my old jokes pal. and monsters <laughs> jokes and monsters <laughs> new tagline mark matsky hello and i'm seth breedlove and this is the official podcast of small town monsters uh real quick top of the show new episode of beyond the trail just dropped so uh bigfoot mountain the eli watson edited uh debut uh eli eli's time to shine yeah have you seen it i haven't seen it no i can't wait i'm excited for you to watch it i have to tell you to watch all the way through to the very last shot which is one of the most inexplicable things i've ever seen in an stm (laughs) production wow Uh, sold apparently there was an accident that happened during uh the edit and no one caught it till the end you won't if if the audience watching it won't won't think it's out of place so it's unintentional unintentional last shot of oh my the movie just uh, wow really um i i i actually have a thing here maybe andy can throw it in the timeline but basically uh this inexplicably showed up on the <laughs> <laughs> whoa uh, <laughs> if, if you saw the uh finally proof the uh comments that were <laughs> We're going off in the group text when we when we saw uh, that came to our attention during the premiere. It's just all part of that cinema verite style. Very, uh, it's artistic. (laughs) Um, Okay, so this week's episode was originally supposed to feature feature Heather Mosier, new Monstropolis showrunner Andy Matsky, currently sitting behind the camera, um, waving at us. Uh, again, in, <laughs> Hello. inexplicably once again, uh, it, the, anyway, the, uh, show is supposed to feature, well, we're trying to get on, a uh, back to the old days of Monstropolis where we picked themes. We stuck to those themes. Mm. I did a bunch of research or I had someone else do it for me and then hand it to me and make it look like I did it. And it was super serious. Very serious. Like um, c- clinically straight ahead. Basically. No games. It's. It's uh, it's a it's That's a wo- how- it's a Woody Allen drama from the '80s levels of serious. Yeah, uh, yeah. 
Like 30-something, the television show. Never seen it. You, if you did, you would be okay. appropriately it's, sobered. It's BBC Pride and Prejudice <laughs> level of, of serious-minded Sasquatchery. Yes. Uh, we got letters. I think we want to talk about those letters. Uh, so, Oh, by the way, if you want to watch this show ad-free, nice it is warm in here. Um, become a channel member, YouTube channel member. There's probably a link right below right now. Click that link. Anyway, we got letters. Do you want to read the first letter? Sure. Sure. This is, are we, we're doing Andrew Smith. Yeah, let's, let's start with Andrews. Okay. Hello, Seth, Mark, and Heather. I just wanted to write to you all and tell you how much of a pleasure it was for me to help theatrically premiere Mothman Legacy and On the Trail of UFOs Dark Sky at Braxy Bazaar on September 10th and 11th. It was great having Seth and family in for the event. My daughter Maddie loved that there was another kid, Tommy, to play with. I also wanted to thank Seth for the domain name ParanormalHottiespots.com from a couple shows back. You have to be careful saying domain names out loud that you don't own. People will swoop in and grab them up. Just hottiespot.com was already taken. Looks Japanese. Anyway, so is Heather a permanent third host of the show? She feels pretty permanent and brings a lot to the conversation. Keep up the great work and talk to you all soon. Andrew Smith, Executive Director, Braxton County CVB, Flatwoods Monster Museum. Phone number 304. <laughs> <laughs> um, Social security number. <laughs> yes, that we both know that. Thank um, you, Andrew. Okay. The, yeah, great uh, event, Braxy Bazaar. We were in uh, Sutton for the weekend. Flatwoods and Sutton in general are kind of becoming another one of those home away from home places. Mm -hmm. We've talked about that, I think. Uh, we were... We were there. We got to take Tommy to see the the big mural, the Flatwoods Monster mural that he loved. Um, he has since become a huge fan of both the Mothman Legacy and the Flatwoods Monster Legacy of Fear. In fact, like right right before you got here, he had just finished his third rewatch of Flatwoods Monster of the Day. Wow! So it's uh. Yeah, he's he's all in on the cryptids right now. Nice. So that's cool. Uh, the event was really cool. I did want to mention there is now a Bigfoot museum. In addition to the Flatwoods Monster Museum, there's a, a Bigfoot museum in downtown Sutton as well, which is really fun for Tommy. He enjoyed it. So we that's went in cool. there. Who yeah. is in charge of that? Like, uh, who runs that? Yeah, nice people. It's in <laughs> the Laurel Count Laurel something general store downtown sutton okay um, the the man whose name is escaping me is in dark sky he's a ufo witness that we interviewed oh wow uh so the owner is actually someone that we've interviewed mm -hmm. before and i can't think of his name because i'm i have no memory i'm old i'm turning 40 and <laughs> i've heard and i've heard this yeah. yeah um but the uh it's it's just a really cool place to stop and i would i would recommend people go to sutton the flatwoods monster museum and the that uh bigfoot um museum are both really cool so if you you know if you're in the area stop by is heather a permanent third host of the show mark and i have not discussed this to any degree no uh i would i mean i'm i'm cool with it i think at some point it might become slightly difficult for her just because she's going to have her own show Later this year, part of this is kind of to get her in the podcasting swing of things. But I guess at the end of the day, it's probably up to her as much as it is any anyone. Mm -hmm. uh, I will say the best thing about having her on the show is I don't feel like it's Mark 
having to slowly hold <laughs> the show afloat while I flounder around trying to figure out what to talk about. Uh, but um, we'll we'll see. We'll see what happens. Sure. Yeah, I think that's a perfect answer. It's it's up to Heather's schedule and what she wants to do. Yeah. I think she's brought a lot to the show mm -hmm. uh, in terms of jokes and repertoire. Yeah. But you know, honestly, she um, her ability to research and um, kind of tie together uh, various strands of of inquiry mm -hmm. is she's so good at it. And um, yeah, it's up to her. Yeah, if she wants to do it, um, there's always a spot at the the round, the round table. table. Yeah. The Knights of the Round Table. Yes. Um, we have another letter. Can you read the other one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aiden. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Listener questions with the S in yeah. parentheses. So, yeah, these are these are good. Just watch Rougarou colon with my dad. I like that it's I just, actually yeah. Rougarou colon colon. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. yeah for the for the benefit of our listeners, it's Rougarou an actual colon and then the word colon. So he, he gets it. Yeah. Watch Rougarou colon colon with my dad and it made him a bona fide STM fanboy like myself. We both loved the doc and I personally thought the found footage aesthetic made it probably the creepiest one yet. That'd be something to talk about. Yeah. Anyways, I was wondering if there is a cryptid slash monster that you would love to make a feature about, but no, you never will. Maybe because there aren't enough compelling accounts of it or another reason I'm not thinking of. Let's answer that now. What? What? I mean, do you have an input here? I feel like we've talked about this a we tiny have. bit. Yeah. Um, Dover Demon. Dover Demon's the first thing I thought of. Yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, in part, the principal witness won't talk about it anymore. That's mm -hmm. my understanding. Yeah. So it's kind of like dead in the water at that point. You mm -hmm. could, if anyone else who is involved would talk about it, well, maybe. And and certainly I think Lauren would talk about it, mm -hmm. but you kind of need, you need him. Mm -hmm. You need the, the guy. And yeah. if he's done with it, then I don't think and there's a movie. It's so self-contained too. It, it, right. It, it, it's, it's only one Truly a one night. and done. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it, it may, when I read this, I also thought of the goblins, the Kentucky goblin case, but I think there is <laughs> more. Is that one? That's the right? other one on my list. Yeah. Yeah. But I see, I feel like there is a goblin movie to be made. Um, the trick would be, it wouldn't be a self-contained. It, it, I've talked about wanting to do an anthology mm -hmm. and American werewolves is going to be the first, as far as I know, STM anthology movie, at least the way we're talking about it currently, it's an anthology of cases kind of unconnected cases that happened at, well, I guess they're connected in that they're about dogmen, but um, it's an anthology movie. We might eventually do something with Kentucky, which would yeah. also be an excuse to take us back to Mammoth Cave. Ooh. But uh, um, the the goblins, that guy, the other one that springs to mind would be Big Head, which we had oh, yeah. attempted back in 2015 as a follow-up to Minerva Monster and then found out that... Uh, two of the original witnesses are dead. Uh, the father's gone and the son who, you know, they were both key witnesses. There was a friend too, but the son was in a car accident at some point in his life. And his, um, he's, he's mentally handicapped yeah. from what his mother told me following the, the, uh, car accident. So that's another one. I don't 
I yeah. don't think we could ever make a movie about that, but it's such a fascinating story. And it's, it's another one of those um, summer of 78 in Ohio stories. Right. Yeah. Which was Night Siege 78 too? Andy? No? 80s. Yeah, Andy that's cried. right. He, the, emotion, <laughs> yeah. the emotion took over. Uh, Night Siege is a cool one though. That's one. Night Siege is amazing. Yeah. yeah. I look every day to see if there's a book that exists. It just is. Yeah. 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 Um, oh yeah. The other part of the early segment of this letter that I wanted to talk to you about was yes. probably the oh, creepiest the one. What do you think? Creepiest SDM movie. From your standpoint, I think that'd be interesting to, um, to find out. You know what? Like it's always been Bray Road in my head, but I, Tommy's been watching Mothman Legacy and he's really enjoying it. And, um, I put on the Mothman and Point Pleasant for him because I thought with the animation and all that kind of stuff. And he was not having it. In fact, he was pretty terrified. And he's uh-huh. not at all scared of Mothman Legacy or Flatwoods. And as I was watching it, I was like, there is a weird, unsettling quality to that that nothing else we've made has. And it's not overt, but it's there's this like strange underlying dread that kind of pervades the whole thing. And some of that was intentional. Some mm-hmm. of that was Brandon and I really intentionally feeling like we were ramping up the movie. The movie starts with really slow static b-roll and then eventually kind of gets moving like all that was intentional but the music especially ramps up over the course of the movie it's supposed to be propelling you toward the bridge disaster and then when you hit the bridge disaster there's supposed to be almost like a release Mm -hmm. um but watching it with tommy i was like this might actually be a little little creepier or more unsettling anyway than than bray road but otherwise i would say bray road if we're just talking about the aesthetic of the movie then it's got to be bray road because i don't actually see ruguru as being the least bit scary but apparently people are buying it's hard to tell too as the guy that made Mm -hmm. the movie one of the people that made the movie when you film that stuff and you know this yes it's all in your head when you're watching all all the baggage from the filming and everything is in your head so when you're watching it you're like oh yeah santino's standing right behind zach in that scene or like jason was off to the side taking photos or whatever that's in your head when you're watching it so it's hard for me to judge what is actually creepy and what isn't Mm -hmm. um because we're always kind of going for with the films with the legend movies we're going for a creepy sort of unsettling vibe but i would say bray road Mm mm-hmm Yeah. Well, it's interesting you brought up Mothman because there are, I mean, the animations in that. Mm -hmm. And the one that popped into my head as you were talking was where Mothman's running alongside the car. Mm -hmm. I've always thought just the movement of the the creature in that scene is really weird and, you know, off-putting. I I had a strange reaction to watching those animations this far after, because I haven't mm -hmm. watched that movie in a long time. The animations now remind me of a pop-up book like a children's pop-up mm. book. And I actually feel like that makes it even more oh, yeah. kind of unsettling. There's like something, the dog at the yeah, beginning. That one that one actually, to me, might be the creepiest. But there is a weird thing in the Bob Bosworth scene. The way the creature walks is yeah. like a man, mm-hmm. but there's this sh- sh- shambling kind yeah. of thing to it. And when Tommy walked, watched it, he said, is, is he a man? Huh. Like he had never thought of it in that way or right. something. And I thought that was kind of cool, too. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, that that that's right. And, and Bray Road. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think as a, a sustained feeling of creepiness, yeah. that holds it the whole way through. Mm-hmm. It really... Um, well, and this, 
the story the story sure yeah and the way we start out with kind of you know locating <laughs> milwaukee and the surrounding environment is uh basically you could get killed at any moment yeah. <laughs> by it's, anyone it's wisconsin for it's you. Wi- yeah <laughs> den, den of iniquity right yeah scum and villainy yeah um so that that but the, i have to say then the um found footage element of the rougarou and in particular i will say it coming into your home mm. maybe that's what people are reacting to as well because mm. that i mean obviously that ramps it up significantly it's one thing to have like ken rose walking around in the woods yeah. and oh there's bigfoot but to have this wolf creature coming into your house mm-hmm. and it seems like somebody's capturing this on their their phone or whatever that that takes up the disease uh, the the scary factor it's a whole lot more i've been so i've been watching flatwoods because tommy and then even like mothman legacy but flatwoods especially i i i have a a newfound respect for some of the things we did in that movie (laughs) and there's things that make no sense but (laughs) but there's other things that i'm like that's that is kind of cool like stylistically the movie adheres to that one thing all the way through other than when Sue is in it and she does the, the um, Kathleen voiceover mm-hmm. sequence um, and it shifts into this like saving private Ryan, you are there kind of style. But even that kind of is cool because it's like, it totally changes and it does it on the fly. Anyway, I, yeah. I like the fact that that movie switches up the style between, between the recreations while still adhering to that like fifties or yeah, fifties aesthetic. But I will say I'm I am happy that when we decided Rougarou was going to be found footage, mm-hmm. there is not a single recreation, straight recreation in that movie that isn't a form of found footage. It's all got that style. And that's the first time we have done that, where we say, this is the style of the recreations. We're going to adhere to that no matter what. And then we had to make it work. And in some cases it was, I can't tell if it worked or not. There's stuff in that movie I don't know if it works well, but everyone and it's so subjective yeah like everyone you talk to is going to have a different read on it the 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 one that i don't know if it works is the security camera and i know there's moments in there where i think it's super cool and then there's others where i'm like i can't tell if that's flying or not i like the upside down scene too okay yes thought that was pretty oh i mean that is the one scene in the movie that i know worked yeah we knew it as we were filming yeah and the interest I mean, there is like a whole nerdy, like, how do you do that kind of thing about that scene in that we very specifically set up that scene to be shot as at sundown because I knew the sun would be coming through. That's a very there's no undergrowth in that woods. There's nothing really below like 10 feet. And so I knew that sun would that we'd get the rays if we launched all that smoke in there. So then it was just a trick of getting in there and then getting as much smoke as we could and then filming it with the worst camera we have Mm -hmm. because that that one camera really gets like that found footage look to it Mm -hmm. yeah and we could tell we we were torn originally we had talked about shooting it with the a7s like just running and we were running tests real quick while we were in there trying to figure out what to use the handy cam or the a7s or the handy or the uh, the crappy handy cam we ended up using and you could just see everything was blown out on that little handy cam, but you, you were still getting the rays of light and everything. Yeah. Like, that's the one. Uh, it's just what you're going for. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. All right. So bonus question one, 
one of two. One of two. Because of Seth's recent digression about Dawn of the Dead, I'm interested in hearing each of your personal favorite horror movies. Each of your... Oh, so it's our single favorite horror movie. Well, I it could be read... I hope it's not some that. Some of your favorites. Yeah, some of your personal favorites. Okay, cool. Go. Me? <laughs> well, you've okay. got a list in I have a list, and I have to ask you, because that doesn't matter to me either way, but where would... Boy, I'll ask it this way. Yeah. It, the 1933 King Kong, Ooh. horror movie or not? It's terrifying. Okay. I haven't been able to get Tommy to sit through it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a horror movie also. I don't yeah. know what genre it would belong in. It's if a, it weren't it's a romantic horror movie yeah so i that's probably number one that's a good one as a horror movie of all time like i would watch it right now yeah. if it were on just stop sure. everything and and put that aside so that's probably the the tip of the top and people who know how much i'm into godzilla mm. would probably say well what happened and i would say because it's 1954, and to me, it belongs in a different genre. It is it, you can read that as a horror movie, and I have no problem if people say the original Godzilla is horror. Yes, I agree. But for the purpose of this list, I wanted to set it aside and say it probably belongs more in sci-fi and fantasy than it does horror. Yeah, I, can I don't see know. That. So anyway. Okay. Um, along with that, a movie I'm really high on right now because I've watched it a couple times recently is Son of Frankenstein from 1939. And that's largely in the strength of the performances of the actors. It was Karloff's last Frankenstein performance. Mm -hmm. It um, has Lionel Atwill as Inspector Krogh, who um, sticks darts in his wooden arm and then throws them at the dartboard as part of the thing. And that's who it the character in Young Frankenstein is based entirely on hmm. Lionel Atwell's performance in that. And Bela Lugosi, I think, has one of his greatest roles ever in that movie as Igor. Because hmm. he's, he's the assistant. He wants to, um, he sort of nurses the Frankenstein's monster back to life and uses him to exact revenge on the people in the town who hung him and he survived his hanging. So I own it's, all these. I haven't yeah. seen this one. Yeah. Son of Frankenstein. It's sort of flown under the radar and there's this little kid actor in it that people love to hate. And for that reason, they sort of, I think, dismiss this film. But it really, when the when it was released in 1939, it revived the horror genre for Universal mm. because it had, there were like censorship censorship issues going on at the time mm. but then universal released dracula and frankenstein as a double bill to see if anybody still liked horror and they did they sold amazing amount of tickets so then they rushed son of frankenstein into production in 39 and then it was off to the races again you have wolfman yeah. and all of the house of frankenstein and house of dracula frankenstein versus the wolfman all these films came out of a result of the 39 Frankenstein, son of Frankenstein. Basil Rathbone is literally the Wait, son of who Frankenstein. Who directed this one though? It's not Whale. No, Whale was out by this time. And you said um, this, right? Two seconds ago? And I missed no, it? No, no. Oh, okay. Um, I just assumed I was Yeah, that. I think it's Robert Flory okay. was the director of this one. And, but what they retained was a lot of the expressionistic, like out of proportion sets a lot of the shadows and the interior, especially the castle, only makes sense in sort of a, a 
um, what would you say, an exaggerated sort of way. German expressionism, yeah, yeah. you know, that whole school. Huh. So that's good. And of course, Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein are on that list. Yeah. Um, I could go on and on, but I think the only other one, well, I'll, bringing that up, I'll have to say Island of Lost Souls, Ooh. 1933. Yeah. Charles Lawton. Creepy one. Super creepy. It's so good from just beginning to end. And then, like coming into the modern era to prove that I can like modern movies too. Yeah. Um, Cloverfield and Troll Hunter. Oh, are Troll both Hunter. Huh. Movies I love. I really love those both. They're a lot of fun. And what's weird is they're both found footage, and it's not like I only get down with found footage yeah. films, but these are ones that are really like Troll Hunter in particular for me does a great job of approximating what would that be like if that really happened mm -hmm. like you're out in the woods and something tall as tall as the tree starts chasing you it's i love that film this is i sh i read this letter and then kind of forgot about it but i've talked about it on the show before too because someone recently asked what horror directors i like and i talked about hitchcock and anyway um i like psycho <laughs> I saw Psycho. I've yeah. seen Psycho. Actually, last year for my birthday, I went to see Psycho. So uh, Psycho is one of my favorites. Uh, I adore, like absolutely adore the first Halloween. Um, and I really like the one that came out a couple years ago, but it wouldn't be one of my favorites. Uh, I really like uh, Jason X. It's one of the dumbest, <laughs> uh, most fun movies I've ever, fun movie going experiences I've ever had. I threw a pop on someone in front of me because I was laughing so hard. <laughs> Uh, just wild. Yeah, that was one of my favorites. I really do love Romero and uh, Night and Dawn, especially. But Dawn is my favorite of those two. Um, and there's others. I love Sixth Sense. Um, and I forget about it, and then I'll I'll catch clips of it or something, and mm -hmm. I'll be like, wow, that really was a great movie. Um, so I, there's there's a lot that I would probably reference. It's funny because I always say horror is my least favorite genre. I think it is. It's very hard for me to watch new horror or horror in general. I don't deal well with gore. And I feel like mm. the, the the genre just kind of like any more hinges on just, you know, the, the misery mm -hmm. of people and yeah. getting dissected on camera or whatever. Human centipeded. And <laughs> I... <laughs> and uh, I, I'm not into that stuff. So I haven't watched a lot of the newer stuff. Um, but whenever... Like, I really want to watch the Conjuring movies. I just haven't brought myself to do it yet because I know there's children involved, and that also bothers me. Mm -hmm. So, um, but I'll get, I'll get around to it. There's a lot of great horror, especially the old older stuff. Like, you're talking about all the 30s and 40s and 50s. Yeah. That is, like, uh, Horror of Dracula with Christopher Lee is, like, one of the first horror movies I ever mm -hmm. saw. Um, King Kong, if we're counting that, it was probably the first horror movie I saw. I very distinctly remember watching Scream, for, which yeah. was the first horror horror movie new horror movie mm -hmm. i saw as a kid and so seeing it on v v vhs the week it came out and being you know mortified <laughs> uh, but yeah that's that all. that movie is so smart though i mean mm -hmm. it's so well yeah. done i love the that's scream a, movies yeah that, that's the like if there's a horror series where i know i'll enjoy it no matter what it's scream because I've, wa I've watched and enjoyed everyone yeah it, it's amazing to me how it like sends up the genre, mm -hmm. but it also is the genre. Yeah, I don't know how they pulled that off, but they the second they pulled one especially. It off. Yeah, the second one is on another level, mm -hmm. even from the first one. But yeah, that that's my answer. Um, I I want to talk about something. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, oh oh, that was Hayden. I know you. We had said that, but thank you, Hayden Gilbert. Yes. 
Thank you, Hayden. For your letter. I want to talk about something. This is serious. It's also way in advance of when this thing is going to be out. So I have to be careful what I say here. But um, we filmed last week in the first episode of the Bigfoot Project in Minerva. I really wish Heather was here because we were together for when something absolutely mind-blowing happened. But um, uh, what I can tell you is we went to Minerva Friday. We had the kids in tow. So mm-hmm. it was uh, Tommy, uh, Lily, who's her youngest, and Jensen. And we all were staying in the cabin. So it was Heather, me, Corey, uh, Heather's, Heather's husband, Corey, and then the kids. Um, but before, I mean, it, we had gone out for dinner. We, we thought this was going to be our night to just haul gear out there and prepare for like a weekend, you know, like the weekend. And the actual yeah. big footing would take place the next night. Um we have, I'm not going to go into too much detail. I'll just say we have the clearest wood knocks on audio you'll ever hear anywhere. We have something banging on a, one of those rubber drums up in the Rougarou woods. Seemingly as a response, we have back and forth. We have eye shine. We have potential thermal footage. I haven't got to go through the thermal footage yet. Um, and then I had a sighting. So, yeah. so I, I saw something on... Um, Saturday in broad daylight, broad daylight on a pipeline, um, right out, right outside the, right on the property. I don't think you saw this part of the property. I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, yeah. But you, do you know where the I remember house was? I remember seeing the power lines okay. at some point. This isn't the power lines. This is something oh, okay. else. This is, uh, this is a pipeline. So it's a clear cut. Oh, okay. The, but it's, do you know where the abandoned cabin is? No. Okay. It's right up by that. Okay. You don't know where that is. So it's on, it'd be two hills over from the hill, from the bottom of where the cabin from. Mm-hmm. So like two hills up behind there. Okay. Um, yeah, I saw something. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much detail I want to go into yet. Um, we're still kind of like making sense of what happened. But we're driving by the pipeline. About what time of day? Uh, two, two o'clock, right around mm-hmm. 2.15. We're actually out placing trail cams. So we're up. We were trail camming different spots, not with the intention of catching Bigfoot on trail cam because I don't think we will. Um, if anything, we were kind of trying to, if they're there, I was kind of trying to push them more toward the cabin. We don't put any near the cabin, any, anywhere near the cabin. Mm-hmm. They're, they're basically on two sides of the property away from the areas where we know there's activity. Um, and I we were driving by a pipeline, this pipeline, and Corey's showing me this. And the first thing I see is... This all happens in maybe an eighth of a second. And and I said originally like two seconds. There's a lot of things that are going through my brain Mm -hmm. still trying to make sense of what happened. Basically, I saw a uh, brown, dark brown, hair-covered thing at a dead sprint from um, undergrowth into a tree line um, that cleared this uh, section that I was looking at of, of this hill and maybe like an eighth of a second. It was just, but the weirdest thing about it was it was trucking and you could see the shoulders. Moving. Oh, wow. Uh, so what I saw was moving at a dead sprint and it looked like, uh, now that I'm have replayed it in my head, I'm thinking maybe it was a younger cause it doesn't seem like it was big to me. Okay. Um, but it was moving incredibly fast and it was just a dead sprint across this hill. Mm-hmm. Um, power trucking yeah and i dove out of the moving which you've seen the footage haven't you (laughs) the i dove out of a moving uh atv uh (laughs) because i saw it and didn't know what to do my brain would not process what was what i should do and so i didn't even start screaming stop until i was already leaping out of the 
car because I didn't know what to do. There, there's seriously like maybe a, a second or two seconds between when I see it and when I finally move because I there was I didn't. The first thing I thought is that I was seeing the top of a reed or something, mm-hmm. and and so we ended up going back and recreating all this, following the tire marks in the grass that we were following all that, and it mm-hmm. wasn't anything like that. Um, anyways, I saw this thing and I was filming um, when it happened, and uh, as of right now, it does not look like we have the footage of it. I don't know why that is. I know it was there, um, mm-hmm. but anyway, it. It was uh, just a dark brown individual, and I leapt out of the car. Unfortunately, the ATV, unfortunately, we were on already driving along a decline. So when I leap out, I'm at a okay. dead sprint almost downhill. Right. And it was, it's, I'm doing the like arms flailing, <laughs> yeah. like, trying not to stop. Right. Uh, and I, but I, I thought if I could just get to, to far enough over to the clearing, I could get a shot of it moving into the woods. By the time, I hit the the um, the clearing. The clearing only stays clear for ten yards, and then it dead ends in about a hundred feet of thorn bush, or a hundred mm-hmm. yards of thorn bush up the side of this hill that this thing was running across. Um, I, I have questions: Why it would be running in broad daylight like that? Why wouldn't it just duck down? I think maybe it was a young one, and maybe what happened was like we startled it, and it didn't know what to do, and it waited a second or and then decided because it was at yeah. the end of the clearing when I saw it. So it was already about to head into the trees, but it was, I only saw it yeah. for an eighth of a second. Sure. Say fifth of a second. It was just, well, you know what that makes me think of is a future project that's coming. There's a quote, there's a, I'll paraphrase the quote, but it's basically these, these things sometimes don't do things that make sense. Yeah. It's not yeah, as if they we were, we were operate about this last only night, to patterns, but they go off of the pattern sometimes. So especially the young seem to be like, yeah, why not try it? You know, like it looked, um, it looked so it was going into woods. Do you think going, is so we went it was heading woods, towards, so we turned around and went down to those woods mm-hmm. and went up in the woods. The only other thing I could say is there was maybe like a five minute period where we're just at the clearing hanging out, uh, filming. And then we went back and did this recreation to see if we could recreate it. Um, the, we were hearing things moving around up in the woods. And the only thing I can tell you is these things in that area don't care if you know they're there. So even Alex and Eli have told me that when they were filming beyond the trail, there's always stuff walking around the, 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 uh, their tent up in the Rougarou woods. Um, and it, I mean, Heather and I on Friday night had an episode where they came in on us, like they, like from all sides and you heard them over here knocking. And then all of a sudden there's noise right here beside you off the trail. And over here, you're here, the clearest wood knocks. When I went through the video footage, and I haven't gone through all the footage yet. I pulled like four or five wood knocks just in those few minutes. And it doesn't make sense why they're wood knocking. Why are they knocking on trees? Like what purpose does it serve at that moment? And our YouTube audience is going to eat this up and like spit it back at me. Yeah. I don't really care. But like, yeah. um, they're I mean, th- beyond intimidation. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. You, we, we have, but they're knocking on trees and oil drums and mm. like, it's bizarre, man. And it's, I mean, we have so many wood knocks. And then on Sunday, the day we leave, I'm back packing up the cabin and we, I, I no recording. I was, I was out behind the outhouse, which, you know, mm-hmm. don't go in the outhouse. Right. Uh, I was out behind the outhouse and something up on the hill behind the cabin let out uh, an area X style whoop. I mean, it was just, it, it was 
10 times as much as activity as we ever expected. And I'm not giving away a quarter of what happened. Hmm. So like the, at one point Heather and I were off down the road and Corey starts screaming at the cabin because he said something walked up to within 20 feet of the cabin. Wow. And the kids are in there watching TV. Mm-hmm. So like we don't, he was trying to startle it away or let it know what he said. It just walked right up like crunch, crunch, crunch. The next night, um, we had something weird as can be, uh, like sprint sound, like thump, 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 mm-hmm. thump, running down that road that leads to the cabin. Yeah. Just coming down there, but you could hear it coming from like way off, like thump, 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 like big resonating mm-hmm. thumps. Um, it's just weird. I don't know what to tell you. The audio is interesting because you're catching everything we're reacting to in terms of like footfalls mm-hmm. and I don't know how you explain that away. Now, I'm sure a lot of people say deer or other people will probably be the most common thing. You know, like I talked to Corey about that and he's like, you you have to have a death wish. You do, It's Minerva, Ohio. There, It's a farm. You it's don't private go in property. Some, it's private property. You don't go in someone's woods there. Yeah. You know, like the only other people living on that road are farmers. Most of them, his relatives. Mm-hmm. So um, th- that activity that night was really interesting. We just had, um, we just had some of the craziest stuff I can. What about the pond? Did anything happen? Was there any things there, going there on with the pond there or was not? Noise in the woods across from the pond. Okay. As usual. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know that there was anything. Now, the next night, we left the recorders out, and I did go through a little bit of that audio. And it sounds like something is right on the other side of the pond. And there's hmm. a real, so- there's a, not a real, there's a wood knock that comes from what must be across the pond. Um, but there, I mean, I don't know. I'm really interested. So Heather set out recorders that night. Yeah. And at 2 a.m. that night, I woke up because I thought I heard something screaming outside. What's really weird is when I came back in, I went up, I actually got up and I was about to go outside with a camera. It's 2 a.m. Everyone's asleep. And Corey woke up and he's like, what are you doing? It's like, there's something screaming out on the hill. And Heather heard us talking. So she gets up. So her and I go outside with the camera and it's dead, dead quiet other than the crickets. Um, and we were out there for maybe a minute or whatever. And then I went back in and went back to bed. And as I was laying there with Tommy, I thought I heard singing distant, like, like oh, melodic, yeah. melodic kind of singing. And that was weird. Wow. Um, and her recorders were going, so we should right. have audio from that night. So I'm hoping right. she hasn't got into that yet, but we've gone through what we can, but it's been a crazy week and we're getting sure. ready for a trip. Yeah. Um, but I would say in terms of like, what the heck are the odds that we're going to go out there to film something and have all this happen? It's never happened. Uh, the thing I kept saying to the camera, cause this is kind of a vlog is like, I've been in X, I've been on the Ridge, I've been in the Olympic Peninsula twice. We've been in the Adirondacks. I've never experienced that level of activity on such a consistent basis for such a prolonged period of time. In X, there was activity, but it was a different type of activity than this. Uh, This was the, that would be the closest thing I could compare this to. It would be what Mm -hmm. I experienced in X. And I'm not saying this was more than X. X, we had vocals. Unless we had those vocals on that recorder, we didn't catch a lot of vocals. We had the whoop on Sunday. And other than that, I really didn't hear a lot of vocals. But that also makes sense to me because in X, we're nine miles into the wilderness in the middle of nowhere. They're probably less concerned about screaming or making vo- you know, vocalizations than they would be when there's a farm mm-hmm. that we can see from the cabin. 
you know? Yeah. I mean, well, I guess the thing people will start to understand when they watch the show mm-hmm. is how close everything is. Yeah. It's not like, like you're saying, it's not like X where you're remote yeah. and you're the only people around. I mean, this is, not only is it, are you fairly close to Minerva, but the property itself is close in. Mm-hmm. And if, if they made a whole lot of vocalization type sound, it'd be, they would be making themselves pretty vulnerable, I yeah. would think. I don't know. It's, the, it's wild. The, um, the just, just, yeah, just the level of activity is wild. Mm-hmm. And there was something else I was going to say and I blanked. It was interesting, but I forget what it was now. I'm excited for people to see the episode. In fact, I'm editing it myself. I was originally, Eli's editing these for me, but now that this happened, I kind of want to be able to set the tone for how we're going to do this going forward. Right. Um, because it was way more active than than I was expecting. And what the series is going to be is me and other probably Ohio Bigfoot investigators, Ohio Appalachian at least, Bigfoot mm-hmm. investigators going out into this location. And this season is this place. I don't know if that means other seasons are going to come and there'll be other places, but you know, like I'm, I'm, I want to take Amy Boo. I want to go out with yeah. you and Andy and Tommy. I thought, thought that would be cool. Kind of mm-hmm. like the Sasquatch episode. I'm taking the Moth Boys out. I'm going to take the Wild nice. and Weird West Virginia guys, Les O'Dell. Um, I'd like to get like Mark Mazel. There's there's mm-hmm. some people I have on my wish list who I'd really like to get out there. But um, yeah, it's not. It was not what I was expecting. I don't know. One thing I know what I was going to say. One okay. thing about that property that I didn't, I, you probably heard him say this. I hadn't heard this. That property 40 years ago was not wooded. Oh, I, no, I didn't know that. They planted 50,000 trees in two years on that property and it has grown up. So 40 years ago, there weren't sightings happening there. This is all recent activity in that, on that property and, and in the area in general. Mm. Um, and so that I thought was really interesting because it's almost like maybe they feel like they have this little haven here you mm-hmm. know, where they've because there's not really people back there. And it's probably pretty weird for all of a sudden us and little kids coming in there, you know, on the weekend. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, yeah. Right away. I think of Salt Fork when mm-hmm. you say that. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. Salt Fork was the same thing. It was down to stumps mm-hmm. and then it all grew up into, you know, what looks like old growth forest now but it's not and that's that's pretty wild so you had nighttime and daytime activity nonstop. (laughs) yeah yeah with a lot of the percussive sounds percussives a few vocalizations yes any Uh, any um tree um, tracks or anything any physical no tracks but the we did get a rock throw, which is one of the wilder things that happened on Friday night. Okay. And that's probably something I need to save. Yeah. I could at least say that like Heather and I are down that road, maybe 40 yards from the cabin mm-hmm. down the road into, so we're in the tree line, we're in the woods Yeah, and we're stuff's moving all around us. We hear things up on the ridge and then you hear coming through the tree canopy or the leaf canopy like, and then it just, impacts on the ground and it came off the hill you could hear it moving from the hill down near us and it when it hit it was a thump sure thump into the ground so it's a good size rock whatever they threw um and i said that's a rock for sure yeah (laughs) i'll say one of the other weird things about it uh some of the noises were in the trees so and if you know like that could be owls or something Mm -hmm. Um, however if you're going off ohio specifically minerva lore uh, the Catons always say they go in the trees. Mm-hmm. So 
So it made sense. We kept therming the trees. I kept thermal, you know, I had the flur with us, so we, we kept looking to the yeah. trees. I mean, there's that vine swinging story, isn't there? Mm-hmm. With Yeah, sw- that, swinging down and picking yeah. up one of the catons, yeah. dropping them. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it's wild. I'm really excited to put the first episode together. And uh, we weren't expecting it. We expected, what I said was that this show was going to be part podcast with an investigative component. And the, this isn't a podcast <laughs> at all. Like yeah. it's, it really is going to be, I think it's going to be pretty cool. The noises and stuff we captured alone set it on a, another level from almost anything we've made mm-hmm. that looks, that actually tries to find a Bigfoot. Yeah. So it's exciting. Yeah. Um, after that, I don't know when that's coming out. I'm, I'm trying to get it out before the year's end now. Cause it's like, I want to get it out. Yeah. There, right. It's, it's pretty crazy. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, I'm also curious how the activity tr- changes and evolves over time, you know, like hunting seasons coming up. I think in Ohio, these things tend to escape to more densely wooded areas mm-hmm. where they can hide. That starts this weekend. I it's think starting real soon. So, um, but their property might be a good hiding spot because mm-hmm. I don't think there's people hunting their property. If they are, it's not much. There are deer stands on the property, but, um, you know, from talking to Heather and Corey, I'm not sure how often there's anyone actually hunting there. So anyway, uh, this is Monsteropolis. Uh, leave us a rating review on iTunes. Send us mail, monsteropolismail at gmail.com. Uh, I think that's it for now. Yeah. Ask more questions. Yeah, send, <laughs> send more questions. <laughs> food related. Please no food. <laughs>